Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumer. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to tell a secret. This is a really good secret. In fact, this is the secret to perfecting your parenting. Sometimes people get going with their teaching self-government skills and principles. They get a little bit frustrated that things aren't going quite right. And they just want to know what they can do to help fine tune it, to help fix some of the bumps along the way. And one of the things that we're going to be sharing today is going to be huge. Literally, it was a game changer for me. So I really can't wait to tell you about this secret to perfecting your parenting. But before we do, as is this tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we want to talk about something fun that you could do, some sort of fun family activity that you can work on together. And we always share these activities because honestly, these times of having fun family activities are the times where you practice becoming that type of family that you hope you're going to be in the future. So we've got to have practice time. And so we've got to come up with new ideas all the time for things that we can do to practice having those memories that we make together. So Paige, what is a really fun family activity that we could talk about today? Well, something that we do around this time of year, because, you know, we're recording in November, is we loved to make homemade holiday decorations. So whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever other holidays that uh, you celebrate, we always made, one of our favorites was snowflakes. We would take paper and cut snowflakes. And there were snowflake day. You got to have snowflake day. Oh yeah. Usually, I mean, a lot of times it was prompted by like, you know, the first time it snowed or something like that, but um, it was so fun to cut out all those different things, make stuff from paper, make stuff from wood, you know, from cloth. We got crazy because you had a whole bucket full of cloth scraps that we would sew together or that we would tie around things or, oh, it was so fun. I know we've tied fabric over pillows before, like Christmas fabric, and all of a sudden they become a Christmas pillow, right? And <laughs> even though we didn't even make the pillowcase, although oftentimes we made the pillowcase because I do love sewing. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I did on a regular basis. And I can already say I've been doing some Christmas crafts. Yeesh. I know you'll see those on Christmas pagey. Anyway, I'm so excited for some of the little Christmas little things that I've been doing already. But yes, make holiday decorations. You can use pipe cleaners. One time we made a Christmas tree and we had these pipe cleaner balls. They were red and they were spiky balls of pipe cleaners and they were all over the tree. In fact, I shouldn't say one time because we did it one year. I said and then we saved them and used it for a couple years. I know. And then we've like just flattened out the pipe cleaner balls because <laughs> we just tied a basically tied a pipe cleaner around the middle of a whole bundle of them. And then we just spread them all out in these big spike balls and we'd stick them around our tree. And it was so fun. So there was that. We've made stockings before. We've made made, like you said, snowflakes and put them all over the cupboards. We've made um, placemats with contact paper where you take the snowflakes and you, you know, put white snowflakes on blue paper and then stick it all (laughs) on contact paper. And then it's holiday placemats. We have had holiday pillowcases that we've sewn and that we've you know, so that we can have sweet dreams the whole <laughs> month of December. You know, there's so many things. There's countdown things you can do. Even we've just made like popsicle sticks, turkeys for Thanksgiving. 
Yes, candy turkeys and candy sleighs and candy. I mean, there's just so many things you could do. We could literally give ideas for this kind of thing. Like, not Pinterest, I'm sure, is loaded with them. There you go. That's what I was going to say. There's so many fun ideas online that probably they're even better ideas than some of the ones that I came up with. Mm -hmm. But what we wanted to share with you was just do it. Take some time, at least one day during this holiday season and say, we're going to make holiday decorations, you know, and making that gingerbread house. That's a what? That's a holiday decoration. But if you want to have a separate day just for the gingerbread house, then do that too. So, and we actually do gingerbread houses usually on Thanksgiving day. So, I mean, it varies. Sometimes we play minute to win it uh, games. Sometimes we play other games and stuff after the Thanksgiving feast is done. But this year we are planning on doing some gingerbread houses, which we have done many other times in the past. And so we have a little bit of a friendly competition, which will be kind of fun and get out all the the sugar and sweets and and get the the holiday started right anyway so there you go fun ideas fun ideas okay so we're going to be talking about self-government today we're always talking about self-government that's what we talk about on the teaching (laughs) self-government podcast but we're going to be talking about some some things that you can do to help work on you Okay, to improve your own parenting, your own consistency. People tell me all the time, oh, I struggle with consistency so much. It's my hardest thing. I just don't follow through or whatever. And we're going to help you with that. But before we do that, we do need to discuss what self-government is. I know that sometimes people are finding us just for the first time, whether they're finding us on Spotify or one of the other, you know, podcast sites out there or whether they're seeing us on YouTube. So um, we know that people are hearing this in every different way, whatever is best for you. And we also know you could have just found us today. So what is self-government, Paige? Could you please explain it to everybody? Of course. Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. I love that. And Paige was raised with self-government. So she always had self well, I shouldn't say she always had self-government. Definitely no, definitely did not always, but she always had that as part of her teaching growing up. And so now she's moved on to the next phase of life, having her own children, her own family, and she's teaching them self-government and continuing well, to Well, let's clarify. On I only have one child right now. <laughs> That's right. You're just starting. We're just starting, right? Um, but you have to have your own self-government when she won't sleep at night, right? And when mm-hmm. all the little things, all the crying, you know, you have to say, no, just be calm. It's okay. I don't need to get bugged by this right you have yeah, to I'm not telling her to be calm I'm telling me to be calm <laughs> you're telling yourself exactly so she's only a month and a half old there's only so much you can do <laughs> exactly you just have to go okay well this is one of those no answers of life right and so I'm gonna go ahead and accept it I'm gonna drop the subject about it I'm not gonna stress over it I'm gonna prepare myself for what to do the next time little Claire cries right mm-hmm. so So anyway, Paige is, you know, still working on her self-government and now just going to a whole different level of that self-government. And it's certainly something that I work on all the time. So even though I've been teaching self-government now for over 20 years, I know that I can never fully be done governing myself because I'm always improving. The more I analyze myself, the more I make plans for myself, the more I consistently follow through and checking up on myself and communicating. Well, there's always more situations too. Like new situations are thrown at you every day. Yep. Yep. But you know, if you take a second, you usually can determine they compare to some other situation you can Mm -hmm. usually not always, but usually. So let's talk about parenting and, and specifically let's talk about consistency. You know, 
people do struggle with consistency. And, and I think there are multiple reasons why they do. Um, but a biggest thing is habits, you know, mm-hmm. we all have our habits and we fall into old habits just so easily because the way that the brain grows and the way that it hooks its pieces together. So we always are the product of who raised us. And I know some people are going darn. I didn't want to be that, you know, like I've been trying, but you can't really escape that. There's always bits and pieces, whether you come from a very troubled household or, you know, what you consider a close to perfect household, there's always bits and pieces that you really don't want or that you really love, but they, you know, some of them always stay with you no matter what. Well, yeah. And, and I think the thing is, is because that's what helps format your brain. So when you're tiny and you're all these little synapses are growing and they're hooking all your pieces together and then your experiences start telling the brain, these are the connectors that you need to hold on to for the long term. And so what happens is you, you're around somebody who maybe has a certain habit and you say, I'm never going to do that, but you've seen it so many times. You, you can play it out. You could act it easily. Guess what? You start to do that habit because it's been hardwired in your mm-hmm. head, right? So then you have to like unwire and rewire. And this is a, a hard thing. It's, it takes a lot. And it's even harder as an adult work. a lot of times. It's way harder as an adult. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you are an adult and you have to rewire your brain, it can feel like pain, you know, <laughs> because you're, you're, you're seeing your flaws and where you're headed. Now, there's a lot of people who love the idea of self-government who are perfectionists. Okay. And so they'll say, okay, I'm doing this. I am totally doing this. And then they'll read the book, you know, the parenting a house United book, or they'll take my course at, or they'll come to one of my three day trainings. And they're like, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get this totally perfect. <laughs> and then after I get it totally perfect, then I'm going to teach it to my children. And, and Paige, you're laughing and for good reason, because you can't get perfect until. No, I was actually... raised with the system and I'm still not perfect. Yeah. Well, and plus you just can't get perfect until you use it, right? Mm-hmm. You can read it and read it and think it and think it and think it and read. But until you put it into action, you cannot perfect it. You can't. And usually when you first put it into action, it doesn't go the way you want it to. Well, yeah, because you're, you, you're then a mix of old habits and new truths, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, I've got this old habit, which I really know I got to just let it go, but it keeps coming in to the picture. And then I've got these new truths and these new principles and skills, and I'm trying to use them. And so you're trying to lean that direction, but then the habit just like wiggles in there and you're like, ah, okay, this is not working out. Cause, cause can you mix the old with the new and, and have it get the results you want? Not usually. Not usually. I mean, it really depends what that old is and if it was principled or if it was reactive or, you know, what, because a lot of people in their relationships and in their parenting, they're just reacting to stuff all the time. Yeah. So, so anyway, we've got these old habits and they impact us in pretty pretty big ways. And so then some parents will think, well, I I can't even get myself calm and self-governed. I can't teach it to my children yet. And this is a big mistake. So we absolutely should teach it to our children, even though we don't have it perfect. What we do is we just tell them, guess what? These are the principles and the skills and of self-government. And I'm going to learn them and I'm going to be improving myself. I'm not going to get as angry anymore, but I'm not perfect. And I have habits. And if I do, this is how I'm going to handle them. Right. Mm -hmm. So we set up the game plan. 
Exactly. We just get everybody's brain ready for, it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to get better as we work at this. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to improve and we're going to consistently correct and consistently praise. We're going to track our progress and see how we go. So when we are having our family meetings and things like that, we are going to be checking up on how we're progressing. And hopefully we will notice the good things that we're doing and not just the bad things. Now I'm already giving you a whole bunch of tips here, things that you can do, but still have not hit the one. Okay. So I'll let you know when I have hit the one, but one thing I want you to know um, is, is patience. Okay. So for most people, only one principle or skill sticks at a time. So you could learn it all, but it only one thing sticks and then you move on to the next thing and then to the next thing. So you have yeah. to be patient with your, pro- with your progress. Right? I actually with tell yourself. a lot of people um, when I mentor them that, okay, I just gave you all of these tips, write them down, then just pick one, work on that one. Then when you feel like you've got a good grip on it, then move to the next one on the list. Yeah, that's good advice, Paige. And the thing is, is that when, when you say, when you got a good grip on it, let's, let's, let's think to ourselves, that means you've done it enough times that you realize, you know, how to do it, but that doesn't Not mean that you're that, perfect. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, okay, do you understand this principle? Have you practiced it enough times that it's going to be the first thing that comes to your mind instead of the third thing? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to say that it's okay not to be perfect. It is very possible your children will master the skills before you do. Okay. It's true. And then you just have to be okay with that. Okay. With them being better at it than you for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the reason why is because their brains are young because they're hooking pieces together. That doesn't mean you can't, you can, but when your brain is older, it's not as flexible. Okay. So it's not going to hook the pieces together as quickly. So let's just say we're not perfect. Okay. Perfection is a myth. All right. And so I'm Christian and I I believe in Jesus Christ. And he's in my mind, the only perfect person that has ever been on the earth. Okay. And so beyond that, I've never met one. Okay. (laughs) I, I think people try and try and try, but I think that's really what perfection is you know, in, in my state, at least is I try again and I try again and I recognize the problem and I don't take it personally. And I try again and I try Mm -hmm. again and I try again. So we need to remember that if you're going for perfection, you might actually be going for a lie. Okay. There are many reasons Paige, that people are obsessed with being perfect nowadays, especially younger parents. So I'm going to just say, Paige, how about you tell us why is it that younger parents are struggling so much with perfection and it's older parents too, but honestly, there's these younger, the younger generation. Yeah. Yeah. The, the younger generation of people, they're so funny because I shouldn't say they're so funny, but it is funny to me because I'm old, let's face it anyway. <laughs> but, um, but it's funny to me that they say, Oh, my mom, she always wanted to do everything. So perfect. She had to cook everything and, and make everything and, and clean everything and everything had to be so perfect. And I'm not going to be perfect like that. But then yet they actually have their own problems with perfection. So it is kind of ironic that they, they struggle with the perfectionistic tendencies that maybe their parents had, but yet they are developing their own perfectionism. It's something that can inflict any generation of, of parent or person. It's not unique to one generation over another, but, but there are certain reasons people are dealing with perfectionism tendencies nowadays. And what are some of those, Paige? say probably the biggest one is social image 
a lot of people don't want to be seen as bad parents or as parents who don't fit in with other parents around them. Um, and I think that's a big reason for why we have a, a really huge increase in um, like electronic parenting because, you know, electronics are really, really big and they run, I would say they run the world, you know, in lots of mainstream society. And so, you know, it's, it can be hard for parents who, you know, aren't quite stable or sure of what they're doing or they're not sure of themselves. They don't, really the hard to... they don't have the right. confidence. They don't have the confidence in the role. Sorry. Because That's the word probably... I was looking for. <laughs> because they don't have the skills, you know, because if you don't mm-hmm. have the skills, so, it can be hard. Yeah. It can be really hard for them when they're not confident in what they're doing, when they really haven't been trained uh, or given the skills that they need to combat the situations that they're given. And so they tend to go with what mainstream is, you know, offering them. And that can be really, really hurtful. But then they're, they're comforted in, in thinking, oh, you know, I'm just like so-and-so, you know, on social media, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm fitting in with the other parents of my, of my age. Well, and we need to remember that on social media, people actually are attention seeking all the time. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look what I did. Oh, look how perfect I am. Oh, look at what I took a picture of. Oh, look. I mean, this is well, like, and it's a, a lot, lot of the of opposite too. Some people are like, okay, guys, is it, it, it can't just be me. You know, I, this happened today and I'm exhausted and I've changed, you know, so many poopy diapers and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, um, it's negative attention seeking mm-hmm. because there's a lot of want, both sides. They want that, um, that feeling of, do you get me? Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Like life stinks, right? Do you get me? And you know, that kind you of understand like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're trying exactly. to trying to create groups, you know, or cliques where they feel that they belong. And so it's called tribalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which where, you, and I totally understand that when you're not confident in who you are or what you're doing, that is very public. You want a support system. Mm-hmm. You want someone to be there who understands and who can possibly give you some advice. You know, if you're willing to take it, some parents are not, they just want Usually, to be they just want to be heard socially understood type of thing but yeah they want to be heard the the bad thing is that sometimes we tear ourselves down and sometimes parents now and and youth too massively are kind of saying well if you're saying life is good then you don't get it you're out of touch you are you're faking it you're you know what i mean so there's really life can be good it's just how you approach your situations and your struggles and your trials and also your happy times Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is there's this kind of social pressure to have this perfect depression. (laughs) I I know that is one way to put it, but that's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have enough depression, so you can't be my friend. Your life doesn't suck enough to be my friend. Well, that's a little abrupt, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, but but that's that's kind of where where people are getting to. It's very interesting. So we know social media has a plays a big part in perfectionism and and living this lie. And we also now see it's not just the happy, everything's perfect, but it's also I'm depressed and everything's depressive. And that's its own kind of somehow, I shouldn't call it perfectionism, but like people are trying to perfect the art of being a downer, right? Because they're yeah. trying to fit in with everybody that negative else. Attention seeking. Yeah. yeah, it's just negative attention seeking that's happening all the time. 
So this is hard, but another thing that's leading to a lot of perfectionism that people are struggling with is entitlement. Okay. Mm -hmm. So feeling like they deserve, I deserve rest Paige, Don't you deserve rest? I mean, Clara keeps you up all these hours of the night. Don't you deserve rest? Is she doing, is she mean, you know, no, is this Clara deserves a good mom. <laughs> there you go. One who meets her needs and cares for her in a loving manner. If that means staying up till 4 a.m., which is what happened last night, then I will do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have to be willing to embrace embrace it and not think I deserve, I deserve, right? So mm-hmm. when you start thinking entitlement thoughts like I deserve, then what happens? is you start expecting everything to fall in place around you. Otherwise you have already made the, the decision. I will not be happy unless, right. Unless it's perfect. And so, so then we've basically just shot uh, the human existence in the foot because the human existence is never going to be perfect. Right. So let's talk about what to do. Let's talk about this really good juicy secret that I've been waiting to share with you. <laughs> you know, it's been taking us a second time. to get there, but here we are. I know we're just talking everywhere around it. Um, so let's talk about this. Okay. So every one of us is going to be tried and tested. Okay. We're all going to have trials and things that we have to go through. And what we have to do is we have to focus on being intentional. Now, there is a thing that I decided to do years ago in order to be intentional. And this actually transformed my life. So years ago, I adopted the perfect deliberate self-government plan to fixing my bad parenting habits. So I know some people probably think, oh, Nicolene, she was probably just raised perfect and she never had any bad habits to overcome. No, 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 no. We all know that's not true. You've told us many times on many different platforms. Well, and I mean, you just meet my parents. They're just wonderful people, but they're regular people. And you can see, well, no, they're not perfect. Right. And I'm not perfect either. So, so anyway, I had my own parenting problems and I decided that my deliberate intentional thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to redo what had just happened that was wrong. So if I just spoke a harsh word, I was going to stop and redo it. If I just got emotional, so I wasn't calm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to redo it. I'm going to get calm. I'm going to fix it. Right. And a lot of people think that there's shame in that, that you have to get it right the first time, like we were talking about, but it honestly tells more about you as a person. If you choose to redo it in that moment, than to pretend like nothing went wrong. Yeah. Honestly, so I think parents think that they have, they got one shot, right? At whatever the situation is that it's like, oh, this child did this situation. I've got one shot. I've got to say the right words right then, or I've got to show the right emotion right then. And that's it. I don't have any other chances because once the moment's over, it's over and I can't ever go back. That is a lie. You can totally go back. In fact, you should go back. So I call going back redoing. Okay. So I wanted redos. I felt like a self-governed person has to correct situations, right? So if I'm teaching my children to be self-governed, I'm going to correct them. So if I'm teaching myself to be self-governed, then I have to correct me, which means Mm -hmm. I have to be open to the idea that I will not do it right potentially sometimes, and that I have to fix it and do it the right way. And I have to decide that this is a healthy thing to fix it and do it the right way, that this isn't painful, that this is happy. It's good. It's positive. It's optimistic. So I decided I wanted to do redos. Now, after I made this decision, 
I knew I was going to struggle. Okay. So read, <laughs> so redoing is redoing is a principle. Okay. Redoing is a principle. The principle goes to other principles we know. So a principle is something that is, it's forever. It's, it's eternal. It's never changing. It has broad application. So it can be applied to anything. So if I mess up on a, a piano piece, can I redo it? The answer is yes. Oh, yeah. If I cook something and it goes wrong, then next time, can I redo it and make it better the next time? Yes. So it's, I have chances. Okay. I have multiple chances to do things. That's a principle. It's not one stop and done. Um, and that's also a, a principle. It's tied to the principle of repentance. Okay. So that's a principle that I can always notice something that was wrong with me and I can make it right. I can go through the process of changing. Right. And this process is all about alignment. So, so you could also say that redoing matches the principle of aligning with truth. So matching myself up with truth and making sure that I follow the truth. Okay. It kind of like practicing. I do it again and again. So to practice is another principle, okay, that we should be practicing, right? Another principle that redoing aligns with is this principle of finding strength, that maybe I'm going to have a weak minute sometime because I have a habit or something that's going to get in the way, but I can always go and find more strength. Mm -hmm. I can always go and, and locate the strength either, either within um, other truths that I know or within myself, I can evaluate myself and say, where's the strength piece, Nicolene, let's do this again. And a lot of times for me, the strength comes into, wait, I have a skill for this. I have a skill. That's a strong thing that I can use. So I don't fall into that habit. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, well, and that's something that you really like have to want to do. Cause a lot of oh, times yeah. when people choose not to redo something, it isn't because they're like, well, you know, we messed up. That's it. We're done but it's out of laziness. So like, well, I don't want to go back and redo it. So why would I? And actually they want everyone else to just accept the weakness. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. listen, this is what happened. And so deal with it. Right. I'm going to dump my junk out right now. And that's what I'm going to do. But instead of recognizing I could find the strength part and I could fix that. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead, they just make excuses and it's just lazy. dump on other people. It's entitled. It is entitled. It does hook together. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. That's true. Okay. So when a person redoes, it's repenting, aligning with truth, practicing, finding strength. It's also turning. It's a turning of the heart or maybe a returning. Okay. A returning to a truth that we already know. So if we know we can self-govern ourselves, then we've got to keep turning our heart there again and again and again. And that's what mm -hmm. I told myself that I had to do. But, but like I said, I was like, I'm not going to be good at this I am going to struggle because I am a fiery person and yeah. so I thought how am I going to do this and so I want to tell you what I did so I knew I needed help but nobody knew what was happening inside my head before I did except for one being and that was God so I went to God and in prayer and I said God I need you to bless me with a cue bring something to mind right before I'm going to do it. But if for some reason I don't listen, then the moment after I do it, help me recognize, help me know that what I did right then needs to be fixed and, and, and tell me, redo it, redo it. So I prayed and asked for special help for that. 
And do you know what happened? I got it. I got it. This was the most beautiful thing because if there is somebody that knows me better than myself, it's God. He knows me better than myself. So anyway, so I started acting on these cues when they would come. And I started recognizing, wait a minute, that wasn't calm. And was then it I the ta- same cue every time? Uh, depended on the situation. Usually, mm-hmm. usually it was, um, you weren't calm, redo it. Or review what you just said, redo it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't self-government. That wasn't self-government. Because that was my goal I was going toward was self-government all the time, right? So anyway, um, so if you're a praying person, there's a tip for you. You can pray. Uh, if you're not a praying person, or even if you are, there's something else I did. And that was that whenever I was getting into a bad habit, like not being calm, I told my children that they could always say, mom, may I disagree appropriately? Mm-hmm. And they could use the disagree appropriately skill right then. And I told myself, if they ever say, mom, may I disagree appropriately? The answer is yes, you may. And I need to ask myself, am I ready to listen to this disagreement? Am I calm? And, and so as soon as they said that, I'd go, am I calm? Because they're being calm right now. And I'd go, no. <laughs> and then, and then Paige in her very sweet way would say, mom, I know right now you're pretty frustrated, but remember how you said that you'd always be calm when you're correcting us. And, and right now I think we're not calm. Can you work on being calm? And I'd be like, oh yes. Thank you, Paige. Right. <laughs> so because you would catch it. And so then that would also help me. So you helped me do redos and I would say, let's redo it. I'm glad you remember that. Cause I don't remember. I think I remember maybe once doing that. Oh no, you did it repeatedly. Age eight was classic. (laughs) It was like, I think I lost my, my, my uh, patience with you the most when you were about eight years old, because you started getting very annoying at that stage and just watch (laughs) out, you know, you got this cute little girl. It could happen anyway. And so you started getting very uh, annoying and very outgoing and I would lose my patience, not outgoing, outspoken very outspoken in some ways that you were were what some might call impertinent. Okay. Impertinent. But, um, so I would lose my patience and then I would start to be a little impertinent myself or just quite, uh, just rude, just plain old rude anyway. And so, um, so then I realized that and I didn't like it. So then I started prompting you to disagree appropriately with me more so that I could get a handle on it. And then I would say, let's redo it. Now, sometimes Paige, I don't know if you remember this, but sometimes I would come to you and it might be a day later or multiple days later. And I would say, I've been thinking about something a couple of days ago or yesterday when this happened, I actually, I actually did not handle that. Well, I didn't correct it. Well, and I know that's, that's wrong. And so I would like to redo that interaction now so that I can mm-hmm. practice doing it the right yeah, way. Yeah. And a lot of people, like when we first share this, they, a light bulb kind of goes off in their head and they're like, what? You can do that? I'm like, totally. You mm-hmm. know, that, that act of repentance, a lot of people like, you know, especially if you're a religious person, you know, you think of something you did a long time ago that you didn't necessarily ask for forgiveness for. And you're like, oh crap, I got to do that. You know? And so, you know, I'm so sorry that I did this, you know, five years ago and that applies to parenting situations as well. You know, I am so sorry that I did this two weeks ago and that I, you know, lost my cool with you. So um, yeah, can we, exactly. can we role play that, uh, how that should have gone? So you see how this redo principle it actually provides is closure. the repentance principle. Yeah. yeah. It provides closure for the parent and for the child. 
totally. And then the child recognizes, oh, they weren't being bad. They, they did fix it, right? They mm -hmm. knew, they knew they had made a mistake. And so they, they got it fixed and they got it repaired. Here's another thing that reduce do, does for you. It lets you know, in fact, let's share many benefits. There are many benefits to reduce. Um, but when you redo something, it lets you know, and the children know, guess what? That was just an interaction. It was just one behavior. It was just words. Like, we don't have to take this personally. We're just going to go ahead and redo it. I mean, if you can redo a real interaction, that seems like, cause people think real is only what happened first, but real is what happens later or the third time or the fifth time too. R real is the redo. And so when all of a sudden a redo can be real, then we realize in the minute, we don't have to take stuff so personally. Mm -hmm. It allows us to let some of those things go, which is amazing. Amazing. So what are some of the other benefits of doing a redos page? Let's talk about some of these benefits. Yeah. So it's, you know, kind of based off of what I was saying earlier, redos are so satisfying. And a lot of times it is because, you know, you can get closure or you can, um, you know, fix a mistake that you've made. So I know like for me, a lot of times when I'm working on something, um, I do like to crochet. And so when I make a mistake and I realize it, you know, five rows later, oh, I'm like, oh, crap, <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> and so, um, usually if I'm, especially if I'm making, you know, something for someone else, I'm like, okay, I'm going to undo these five rows all the way back to the mistake. And then I'm going to do it correctly. And, you know, when the practice finished, I feel so much better about making sure that mistake wasn't in there because, you know, I mean, when you give a gift to someone, you want it to be as, as perfect as possible, you know, going Your back to that work, right? I know back yeah. to that, you know, perfection mentality, which, you know, whatever, but a high standard it, is a good thing. It is, it is, and, but it's, but, it's so satisfying to know that, okay. Yeah. It took me a little more time, but guess what? This is my best work and I'm giving it to you. Do you know what I love? And what's satisfying to me is that when I do a redo and I go, wait, stop, I'm not doing this right. This is the redo. I feel powerful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's this, this, the satisfying thing is I did it. Like, like I, I have a grip on this. myself. Yes. I stopped myself or maybe I didn't even stop myself. I recognized it. I saw it and I am redoing it. It, it feels empowering. And that's, it, that's really the whole process of self-government. That's what it mm -hmm. is. It's yeah. Like, and that empowering oh, feeling, it actually helps create a emotional stamp or emotional memory in your mind. And it helps you analyze, oh, wait, that felt really good. Mm -hmm. So then that's actually something that in the future you end up remembering. And when you find, when you find yourself in a similar situation, you're like, oh, wait, I've done this before. Mm -hmm. that felt good. So we're going to, we're going to do this again. You know, we're going to, yeah. So it's a situation the same way. It opens the door to analyzing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because you stopped in the minute then I'm going to be, I feel like it's okay to analyze better in the future because I already analyzed it once in the minute, right? Yeah. Um, another benefit of doing a redo is it shows your children that you actually can govern yourself too. Mm -hmm. If you try to appear perfect to your children, they start to lose touch with you a little bit. Okay. Yeah, because then you're focusing too much on making everything ideal. Well, and oftentimes you end up being hypocritical and they know mm -hmm. it. And so then it hurts your bond with them and it hurts all the other teaching that you do. It's okay so, to be imperfect. It actually helps your kids feel like you understand them better. 
it's okay to show them, oh, guess what? I have a goal to do this, but I'm, I just had a hard time. I didn't keep my goal. So since I'm parenting myself, since I'm the parent, then I'm going to correct it right now. And we're going to redo that. You know, this is awesome. It shows your children self-government is never ending. It's not about you controlling them. It's about everyone self-governing everyone like themselves. Right. Which is so awesome. Anyway, um, I think another thing, you know, really another benefit is that doing redos reminds you that you aren't perfect, but that you are perfectly able to make progress. So when you do a redo, you see yourself progress. And I think that's why it's so satisfying. That's why it's so empowering. That's why it helps your children. That's why you can do better in the future is really because it's this moment of progression that is just so incredibly. Yes, exactly. You can quantify it. So I did better at this this time than I did last time this came up. Yeah, exactly. It's just powerful. Redoing is powerful. And I just wanted to share that with everybody today, because as we're going along, it's really easy to beat ourselves up. It's really easy to think I'm not perfect yet, or am I ever going to get this? It doesn't matter the time frame. Okay. It doesn't matter if you get all of your self-government pieces together in one day or one week or 10 years or more, because uh, we're all on a life's journey. What matters is I'm 23 and I'm not perfect at it yet. Yeah. What really matters is that you know that self-government is planning, stopping it, catching yourself, fixing it, catch yourself, fix it, catch Mm -hmm. yourself, fix it. And that fix it is as easy as thinking, I'm just going to redo that. Because sometimes thinking I'm going to redo is not like, oh, you stupid and uh, being mean to yourself. Sorry, that's the S word, you know, but like <laughs> but thinking, and thinking to yourself, ah, you never get anything right. Instead of just going, let's just redo that. Let's just redo that. It's positive. It moves yep. in a positive direction. And this is something that you can address in yourself or in your children, because this is actually that scenario is something that I've had to address with people that are close to me. I'm like, hey you know, let's, let's not think of it like that. Like, yeah, you made a mistake, but guess what? I'm not taking it personally. You shouldn't take it personally. Let's get through this together. Yeah. Let's just redo it. That's the way it always needs to be. And then that way, everybody can bond with each other the way that they need to. They can discuss their emotions. They can discuss the skills they need. They don't have to get trapped in all kinds of stuff. They don't have to start power struggling. It's just powerful. This whole Mm -hmm. concept that we can redo for ourselves, we can redo. And when we're helping our children and correcting them, we're just helping them redo as well. That's what we're doing. They get to learn from it. It's just a nice, comfortable, easy process. Oh, it's been so fun talking about redoing and this secret that really is going to help you with your parenting. I hope you will go today. And when you catch yourself doing something in a way you didn't want to think redo, I am going to redo that. And it really will be powerful. Thank you so much for joining us on the teaching self-government podcast. And if you would like to find more about all the things that you could redo and you could move in this forward direction, be sure to look at the teaching self-government parenting course and some of our trainings, as well as other resources on teaching self-government.com. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.